This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's premier betting app. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bring down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redman. Now, Brighton and Hove Albion up this weekend who currently sit, is it ninth in the Premier League, eighth in the Premier League? They're doing well anyway, a lot better than us. Um, it's going to be a tough one, it's going to be another tough one. Um, it is obviously more of a winnable game than the last two, you know, after playing United and Liverpool. But it's a far tougher game than it was when we had Watford at home. And we all know how that one ended. Um, but since the Watford game at home, there has been some positive results for Burnley, some positive performances um, that were, I have mentioned on um, the channel before. I've said that we do look better in the last two games. I've mentioned it in my Lanks Live column. If you didn't know that all, by the way, I now have a weekly Lanks Live column in Lanks Live. It's a Burnley Football Club column. Um, that you can find on their website. I will put the link below um, if you're watching this on YouTube in the description to my latest um, Lanks live column so you can check it out there. Um, but if you do want to see it every single week, just follow the page on Twitter, 
Follow Lanks Live on Twitter, uh, and you can follow me personally on Twitter. It's at Joel Tom Red, and I will tweet it out pretty much on 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 the two that I control. Uh, and Lanks Live will be tweeting out as well, just like they normally do. Um, but the performances have been better since that Watford game. That Watford one was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. Um, second half against United was really good. Um, First half, again, was a little bit poor, but the, it was the first half against Liverpool that was really, really good. You know, we created chances. Veghorst could have scored a couple, um, should have scored at least one, uh, to be fair. Um, and we just looked a lot better. OK, we ended up losing the game, but it's Liverpool. And I feel like Liverpool managed the game really well in the second half. I think that was just how good they were rather than how poor we were. Um, they didn't really let us get a sniff, but that's what teams like Liverpool and City can do to you. Um, but, you know, it's something we can look at them two games and gain a bit of confidence from. Hopefully the lads can do that too. Um, but the Amex is going to be a very, very tough place to go. Brighton are doing very, very well. However, I saw a stat this week that said we haven't lost at the Amex for around eight years. Um, I didn't double check that. And as you'll see in the interview coming up with Brighton fan um, Joe Sayers, um, I have taken stats off the internet too many times, not checked them. Uh, and being end up making look like an idiot. Um, so that might not exactly be correct. But I don't remember losing at, at the Amex um, recently. Um, you know, I remember obviously winning there a couple of years ago uh, when Chris Wood scored two and Ashley Barnes got one. I remember a 2-2 game, or was it 1-1 when Kieran Trippier scored, um, you know, a long-range effort. Um, that's obviously going back some time with Kieran Trippier playing. I think it was in the Championship, to be fair. And, of course, there was the, the Michael Key justice header, um, which that was the 2-2 one, wasn't it? I think the other one was 1-1. But anyway, as you all know, my memory is dreadful to those of you who uh, watch the channel regularly or listen to the podcast. So just so I don't embarrass myself again by giving out uh, an incorrect stat, let's get into this interview. As I've just said, I am joined by Joe Sayers. He's obviously a Brighton fan, and he's from the Albion-obsessed Brighton and Half Albion podcast. And just like that, we are joined by Joe from the Albion Obsessed podcast. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Apart from the weather, how, how's the storms treating you down in Brighton? Because it's probably a good job the game's not up in Burnley this weekend, definitely. Um, yeah, we've got amber warnings uh, for tomorrow, um, but hopefully would uh, should be over by, by the time that the game uh, comes around and... Uh, yeah, um, ho- hoping there's nothing too drastic that means the game can still go ahead. Yeah, you would you would like to think so. There's only really snow and, and obviously COVID these days that, that tends to to call Premier League games off with the with the drainage that we have. Um, let's talk about Brighton then, shall we? Because you know you're having a very 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 good season. Uh, definitely looking at you with envious eyes uh, at the minute when we're rock bottom. Um, ninth in the Prem, thirty three points. Okay, not. You know, not the result you wanted last time out against Man United, but we'll get into that. But um, talk to me about your season so far. How, how do you feel like it's gone? Yeah, it's, it's a bit dreamland, really. Um, obviously, I think people have seen that it's been coming. Uh, obviously, the football we played last season, what what we couldn't do last season is, is put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. And uh, this season, we seem to be converting our chances more. It seem to the, the luck seems to be going on our, our way a little bit. And um, to be honest, I think some performances this season haven't actually matched performances of last season. We've just managed to get the results, and that's what it's about in the Premier League. Is um, you just have to force your luck sometimes, and and that's what we're doing really well this season. Yeah, you mentioned it there. You said the goals, you know, last season you were playing well but weren't scoring so many goals. I still look at you and think you could be better if you did score more goals. I don't get me wrong, Mopé's class. He scored a really good goal recently. Was it against Watford? Yeah. 
a really good finish. Uh, I remember watching it thinking, ah, oh, that's a sick finish, that. Um, but I feel like with somebody, I, I know it's very difficult to get players like this, but with somebody who was like an out-and-out goal scorer, say Danny Ings, for example, who's recently gone to Villa, you would be so much better, potentially knocking on the door of that top seven. Yeah. Was that a fair comment? or? Uh, yeah, um, exactly that. Uh, we, we need that sort of 15, 20 goals a season striker uh, to, to really push us into where we want to go. Um, the chairman's made it very clear that he wants us to be uh, a top 10 Premier League side for seasons to come. Um, and obviously we, we're, we're in that top 10 part now, but that gap between us and, and Europe is so slim um, that, you know, we've drawn so many games this season. Um, yeah. Which is, is great because it's points on the board, but you convert a, even a couple of those into wins and, and we could be looking as high as uh, sixth place. So, yeah, it's, it's really positive stuff and we just had to keep believing in the philosophy because Graham Potter's got us playing really good football and, as, as you said, um, a lot of teams are looking at us with envious eyes at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, obviously, we definitely are rock bottom of the Premier League. But um, let's talk about that Man United game then, because it was a weird one, because I dipped in and out of watching it, because um, I think there was PSG Madrid. It was Tuesday night, weren't it? So I dipped in and out of both, really. And the first half, you know, you were playing some really, really good stuff. Like, I think I, I saw one stat at a particular stage, you were having like 62% possession um, to United, and you were just cutting through them pretty easily. Yeah. Creating some chances, but not like any real out-and-out like, amazing chances. But then the second half... It just tended to fall apart a little bit, didn't it? What were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, as you say, first half we were really good, um, playing like the home team, really, and that's yeah, you know, it's really good when you can say that against a team like Man United. They have got world class players, as much as people sort of meme them in the media and you know take take the mick out of them. Um, yeah, they are world class at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I thought we could have gone into half time at least one or two nil up. Um, you say we didn't have really many clear cut chances, but there there were a few that could have crept in. Basuma mm. had one. Um, Jakob Moda has uh, two uh, chances. One really good save from De Gea. Um, yeah, I remember the save. To be fair, yeah, if, if that goes in, it's a completely different game. We just come out second half. Um, yeah. Mentality wasn't there. It's something I've praised a lot on our podcast um, that I do um, is the mentality of this side. But you know, the mentality seemed to have dropped and, and Basuma was a little bit isolated in the middle. Um, and when you're isolated with Cristiano Ronaldo bearing down on you, um, it's always going to be um, a, a sorry sight. Um, and yeah, we just lost our heads. And then obviously Lewis Dunk got sent off, which is debatable. Um I said on uh, our podcast uh, yesterday, um, talking about it, that if if that's against us at the other end of the pitch, then I'm probably calling for a red card. Um, yeah, it's, it's so subjective because you don't know if Webster's going to get there. You don't know if um, uh, I can't remember his name, Elgana, I think his name is. Um, mm. Whether he's going to get to the ball, but yeah, as I say, it's all subjective. But just wasn't there, and when you go down to ten men. It's always going to be a be a struggle. Yeah, of course, especially at any of the big six, big seven, really. Um, it's interesting though because obviously it's good for us that he misses the game, but I, I, it annoys me seeing stuff like that because um, there was a, a very similar incident with Maguire and I think it was Jade Rodriguez when we played them at the turf a few weeks ago, about a week ago actually, on the eighth of February, um, and it, because it was Man United, they just got a yellow card and we were screaming for a red. Um, Again, there was it's it's subjective because um, 
think it was Lindelof, I can't remember, it could have been someone else, um, sort of like who could have got back uh, and, and recovered, but then it was the same sort of scenario for you. So it's just frustrating, isn't it, when you're not one of the big six and all these decisions do tend to go against you and always seem to yeah. go in the favour of the big six. I think that's another example something. of it. Last season, um, when we played at Old Trafford, Danny Welbeck was pulled down in exactly the same way, but inside the box, um, he was through, he, he was going to score. There's no doubt in my mind that he would have put the ball in the back of the net. Um, hmm. Maguire pulls him um, and there's not even a, a penalty it goes the other way and, and out for a goal kick so uh, yeah I, I don't understand it <laughs> I know I understand it in the sense that it must just be not, not even not even it's intentional bias I don't think like, there's this big sort of like meeting where everyone's got the hoods up and saying we must only give penalties you know, to the other one I just think it's because you know it's What's the word? Sort of like uh, not subject, uh, not intentionally, they're unintentional sort of like bias towards the big six because they've been around for so long and they are the biggest and they will probably get the most grief and shit off the managers if if they do give penalties against them, especially Liverpool because we all know what Klopp can be like. Um, <laughs> but let's talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about your ambitions for the season. Then you've mentioned your chairman wants you to finish in the top ten. Um, am I right in thinking this is if currently like one of your best seasons ever, like ever in your entire history? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. We are, I don't know how many points exactly, but um, it's definitely under 10 points um, to get our highest ever um, Premier League total uh, in yeah. points. Um, and yeah, uh, whenever we're above Palace, it's always a, a, a good... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we haven't finished above them for for years, um, so it will be nice if we can finish above them as well. But the ambitions, yeah, it's definitely um, to be at, at finishing in, in that top ten. Um, we, our fans, you know, we we're dreamers. We we look higher. We we dream of European nights. Whether that will come or not in the next few seasons, I don't know. Um, it is a possibility this season if we go on a run from now until the end. Um, we can always creep in there. Um, but it, it, yeah, the ambition has to be top ten. Yeah, well, I think with the you know the, the Conference League now being a thing, and I think finishing eighth, you get in the Conference League. You know whether you want to be in the Conference League or not is a debate for a lot of clubs. But obviously, clubs like your Brighton, your Southampton, pretty much anyone apart from the top seven or eight really would particularly, I think, want to be in any European competition. Like we experienced it, a very small sample size, thanks to the ridiculous draw. But we, you know, I went to Aberdeen with my friends. You know watched Aberdeen come to the turf. I didn't go to Istanbul, but, you know, I went on the game uh, at the turf against Istanbul. Then I did go to, to Athens to watch them play against Olympiakos and, and Athens, uh, sorry, Olympiakos coming here. It is brilliant. Like, all right, we, we, we did unfortunately get knocked out, but I could understand why anyone would look at that. Even even if it is the, the Conference League, you know, it's, it, it is a T, it is a competition for clubs like ours to, to, to experience European nights. So why not take advantage of it? Do you think you can? Do you think you can do it then over the next sort of like few seasons? Then do you think you can qualify for Europe? Is that is that your personal aim? Is that what you want to see Brighton do? Yeah, it's definitely you know, what what I want to see. Um, everything's aiming towards that. Uh, under Graham Potter, every single season we we've improved, um, and as long as we can keep hold of Graham Potter and uh, you know all of our main assets in terms of players uh, like Leandro Trossard, Neil mm. Pay, um, he's improving. We've got Alexis McAllister coming through as well. Uh, Jakob Moda has been first class this season. Um, I think he even got an assist at your place at the start of the season. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, it, it has to be um, the aim. Um, but whenever you're doing well and, and you're a club like us, um, 
other teams are going to come and pick you apart and yeah, of course. Take, take your best assets. So we, we just have to be strong. Um, and there's there's no doubt in my mind that if, if we do keep this squad together, then we will be hitting those heights. It's interesting, though, because I think one of the worst things that we did was just refuse to sell anybody. Like, we was in a position for the last few seasons where we've been you know, battling for top 10, battling for seventh. And then when we were seventh and we finished seventh, our stock has never been higher. Uh, and one thing, I don't think Brighton would make this mistake because you do have good owners uh, that do invest. Um, is we just didn't really buy anybody and you know we didn't really move forward as a club um, and then the season after we didn't have a particularly good season that season but players were still interested in some of our players and you look in the past when like Michael Keane's left Danny Ings has left Kieran Trippier's left you know they were big blows but we always recovered from them because we you know reinvested the money whereas we just stood still this time and like the conveyor belt of players going out stops which means the conveyor belt of players coming in stops and everything just stood still and that's why we are where we are now like the new chairman's come in he's tried to buy players you know good players as well in Corny and Veghorst but it's just probably not enough too little too late I think but again we'll get into that but yeah, I think one thing even though obviously you do want to keep all your best players but I think with owners like yours I think you can always trust them to reinvest the money so it might not necessarily be the worst thing if for example someone came in for more pay I think we're, you don't want to lose Potter I think that'll be that will be the hammer blow definitely not yeah. um but let's talk about, uh, let's get your thoughts on sort of like Burnley in the relegation battle then, because obviously we are in a position where we didn't really expect to find ourselves in. Uh, I've sort of like explained the reason why I believe we're in uh, the position that we're in. We've stood still for too long. Um, what are your thoughts on, on where we are currently and, and did you expect it? Um, it's it's one of those things with, with Burnley that you, you're very unpredictable um, in terms of that. And... Um, I've seen you down the bottom and obviously with all those games in hand and I've always thought that you could possibly pull yourself out of it and by winning a few of those. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult task now uh, for sure. Like maybe 10, 10 games ago, I was thinking, yeah, Burnley will be fine. They're, they're always fine um, in the end. You've got a great manager in Sean Dyche as much as, as I say, uh, other clubs probably uh, meme him and uh, take, the, take the mick a little bit. But, He's a great manager. Um, yeah. th there's no doubt in my mind about that. You know, th there's a reason he's been at Burnley for so long. Um, you guys must love him. I don't know what your views are on him. Um, yeah, like love him. If, if, if he were to get relegated, I'm sure he would be the man that you would want to stay in, in place and, and get you back back up to the, the Premier League. Um, I remember uh, a few seasons ago when I think it was us, Middlesbrough, yeah. you guys, Burnley, fighting for automatic promotion and that was one hell of a season and we had yeah. some really good games against you guys um, as well um, and Dyche was still manager then so yeah, he, he always gets you uh, well drilled um, I can't write you off uh, because you could go on a, an incredible run um, you, you have in the past so I don't see why you can't do it again um, but yeah I, I, it, it's, a, it's a difficult one yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, and I know people sometimes, obviously, they don't particularly want to come on a Burnley podcast and say, well, I think you're going down because obviously, you, you, you know, the only people watching this really are going to be Burnley. But I agree with you. I've, I've said it on the podcast for a few weeks now. I just can't see how we get out of it. The only particular teams that I think we can catch, I think Newcastle are out of it uh, with the money that they've spent. I think Everton as well, they spent the... Them two clubs spent the most across Europe. Um, so, you know, it's kind of not unfair because, you know, it is what it is, but they've kind of got a bit of a cheat code. Newcastle especially because they can just, you know, you knew they were going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Keeping Trippier breaking his foot. I never thought I'd say this, but, you know, that's made me 
no, not smile. I don't want to see Kieran Trippier get hurt because we love him at Burnley. But um, you know, it's good for Burnley. Um, so who knows? They might get dragged back into it, but I think they'll be fine. Leeds, they're they've just got better players than us, so I don't think we're going to catch them. Brentford potentially, but we just need to start winning games. And with one game won all season, I don't understand how some Burnley fans still think we can get out of it. Like, there's going to have to be a ridiculous turnover in form for us to get out of this. And I get criticised every week. I get criticised when I do my column on Lanks Live. I get criticised on here. But I just don't see how we can get out of it. Yes, we have gone on runs before and that's what people hold on to. But I don't know. There's just been something missing this season from us uh, that isn't really there this season. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, when, I don't think we'll get out of it. When we beat you first game of the season... It, honestly, it set the tone for the entire season. Though. Yeah, that is exactly what I thought. I thought, yeah, Burnley aren't going to have a, a, a good one at all because we never win at Turf Moor and we've won there twice in a row. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some, something's not right, as you say, but um, I hope for your guys' sake that you, that you can do something. But, yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, cheers, man. I, I remember, like I said at the start of the season, before the game, like people that were just like going to these first games of the season thinking, ah, it's just, just first game of the season, it's fine. But I was like, we're playing Brighton at home. You know, the only time we have ever like, had a really good season in the Premier League, the season we finished seventh, is we beat Chelsea on the opening day of the season and it just immediately set the tone for the season. And it's exactly the same now. We, we lose at home after going 1-0 up as well and could have easily been 3-0 up at half-time because we played quite well in the first half. I think we hit the post and the bar, obviously scored the goal. And then Potter changed it a little bit. And this has also set the tone for the season because he brought on Adam Lallana at half-time and he put three in the middle. And we just got overrun in the middle of the park and that has been our weakest part all season. It's getting overrun in the middle. Uh, the midfield is too weak. And then as soon as we lose at home uh, on the first day of the season, you know, it's, you're immediately under pressure you're immediately chasing and then we had a few tough games after it didn't get a win until mid-October uh, and I haven't won since and it's now you know it's nearly March so yeah. you know we need to get we need to get um, a wiggle on really um, but let's yeah. talk about obviously Dunks Dunks out for the for the game he's got a three game ban now for the red card um, will he be a big miss I mean I know he's a good defender but you've got you've got a good defender to step in. I think he was injured for the game at Turf Moor, so he didn't play at Turf Moor either. And we all know what happened there. You won the game three one, or two one was it? I can't remember. Two one, yeah, two one. Yeah. Did, did he? So is he a big miss? I can't. No, I don't think he did. Well, I've seen I've seen I've seen a, I've seen a fan tweet something this week that said he didn't. So I just I just went off that and presumed oh, okay. it was gospel. I, I can't remember. I can't remember that far back. To be honest, my mind is gone. Um, he he is a big miss. He's our captain. Um, He's the best defender we've ever had. There's a big debate between Brighton fans at the moment on our on our Twitter that um, is he the greatest defender we've ever had? And in my opinion, yes, he is. Um, he's been a little bit off of it since coming back from injury because he, he was out for three months. Um, and a lot of fans getting on his back um, saying that he's passed it, he's finished, he's not finished. He, he's, a, he's a club legend. And uh, I said on uh, my podcast yesterday that people need to respect him. Um, yeah. As you say, we, we have got options to come in um, and, and replace him. Decent options. We've got Joel Veltman, who is the, the biggest bargain buy you'll ever see in football. I, I stand by that. 900k, and he's been phenomenal. Um, Adam Webster, uh, Shane Duffy to come in. And Shane Duffy loves a, f a physical challenge, and Burnley always posed that um, as well. So, yeah, we're, we're in a good place. Um, obviously... It would have been nicer to still have Dan Byrne on the books, uh, but obviously, he went yeah, of course. Um, I thought he was having an absolute blinder of the season, and to see him change into a thirteen million pound defender is is fantastic. I I absolutely love the guy; he's so down to earth. 
I met him once and yeah, just a top, top bloke. Um, so yeah, uh, as I say, we're in a good place, but we would much rather have Dunkey in the side. Yeah, just in the interest of, of getting things correct here on Turfcast, I've just quickly done some research while you were talking there, and Dunk was actually in the side he did start. Oh, so, nice. yeah, so whoever tweeted that, I'll, I will find you and I will block you uh, because you've made me look like a right knob. Um, but yeah, so like, what sort of game are you expecting then? Because you just mentioned it there, you expect Burnley to be physical. The good news for us is that Veghorst isn't going to miss the game. He is going to be playing, probably will start, uh, probably up front with Jay Rodriguez again. Or we might tweak it a bit, maybe put Corney up there, because obviously Corney's been on the wings a little bit. And he's been a bit quiet since coming back from AFCON, to be fair. So it's interesting what we will do um, up front. But what sort of game are you expecting at the Amex this weekend? Exactly what I said, physical physical battle all over the park and um, something that we don't really do that well in um, is when teams really get into us and, and sort of throw us off our game a little bit. Uh, you've seen the football we play and it's it's liquid football at times and um, it flows so nicely and, you know, Sean Dyche knows exactly how to deal with that. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. He's very experienced um, in, in playing very, very good football inside. Um, and you know you, you've seen results that you, you guys have got against huge teams in the past, where where he's you know just gone at them with with physicality. Um, obviously with Veghorst being back, I didn't know that. Um, I was banking on him being out to be honest. Um, so yeah, a little little bit scared for that. I was hoping for an Ashley Barnes return, um, but I don't know. Well, it, it, it does enjoy playing against you to be fair, as Ashley Barnes. I remember him scoring at the Amex not too long ago. Was it when we won three? One three nil. Chris Wood scored two. Yeah, Chris Wood scored two, and uh, and Barnsley got one. And and I, I always I remember a debate on on a few Brighton channels after that. Other people say we shouldn't have let him go for so little, but um, I think we've he's another one. I think we've kept holding for a little bit too long. Um, he's been injured recently as well, although he has played this week in the under twenty three. So um, he might be on the bench. No, it wasn't him. I can't remember, but uh, he, he might be on the bench. I think he came on against Liverpool actually for a little bit. Um, again, my memory's dreadful. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, Bonzi's one of those uh, that you know he was a Marmite player, a little bit like Molpe this season because um, there's a lot of fans that don't like Molpe, um, but his that's interesting, phenomenal, and uh, that's that's what you got with Ashley Barnes as well when he played for us. His work rate, he always played with his heart on his sleeve. Every yeah, he's still the same. Yeah, m- maybe a little bit too much sometimes. He's a bit hot headed. <laughs> yeah. still like that. Um, but I, I loved Ashley Barnes. I thought he was amazing. Um, Brighton fans forget that he was our second uh, highest top goal scorer behind uh, Glenn Murray in the side that got us promoted to the championship. Um, so, yeah, people have very limited memories on that. But, um, yeah, I, I loved Ashley Barnes. And every time he comes to the Amex with Burnley, uh, you know, I, I always applaud him because he done some great things for our football club. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Is um, it, it, there's a bit of a debate amongst Burnley fans at the minute now? Like, is he past it? Have we kept hold of him too long? He probably is a bit past. He's, you know, he's, he's he's getting old now. To be fair, but you know, it just it happens to everybody. It doesn't mean he's he's not good. And he's done a lot of stuff for this football club. Like again, we've been promoted with him twice, just like you were promoted with him. You know, he's he's been here. You know, he scored goals in uh, you know in the European season. You know, some good ones. So. I don't like to see criticism of Ashley Barnes, some of the criticism that he gets, because he's been a fantastic servant for this football club. Um, But yeah, let's get some predictions then, because I am going to get some splinters on my arse and sit on the fence here, simply because you've drawn 12 games this season, we've drawn 11 games this season. So it just makes sense that we will draw. I think that you have the quality to beat us, 
But I think, you know, we've gone to Stamford Bridge and got a point there. We've gone, you know, to the Emirates and got a point there. You know, we've recently got a point at home against Man United. I think we are slowly starting to be hard to beat again, which is the Burnley, the Burnley way, as, uh, you know, the the football, football rank, I can't remember. Atletico Mid says, you know, the Burnley way. I think we, we are becoming a bit more Burnley again. But it's, again, no, on 17 points we're on at the minute. Um, not 17, but how many points have we got? 14 points at the minute, then Watford are on 15, Norwich on 17, Newcastle on 21, Everton on 22, Leeds on 23, Brighton on 24. Draws aren't good enough. We need wins. Um, but I just can't see us... You've been so good this season, I can't see us going there and winning. Um, but I'm just expecting a draw because we've drawn so many, you've drawn so many, uh, and... I think you can struggle to break teams down, especially physical teams. What are your thoughts? Definitely. Um, what we need is we need a, a fit Tarek Lamptey. We need an all-fire in Mark Kukurea on, on the wings. Um, and we can't go far wrong with that. Um, we, we've been waiting, and I'm sorry to say this, uh, you know, it's, it's a Burnley podcast, but I, I have to stay true to my opinions. Um we we are yet to really really take it to a team and and absolutely play them off the park and and the scoreline to reflect that um, and I think or I'm hoping at least um, that will happen on Saturday um, and we're, we're going to see a, a nice healthy win for Brighton um, I am sorry to say but uh, and as well as I, I mentioned him a little bit earlier Jakob Moda um, we're still waiting for his first Premier League goal he's been so close in getting it. Um, and every Brighton fan is willing him to get that on, on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mentioned on our podcast um, that I thought it was going to be a 3-0 win. Uh, for us and and I, I am going to stick to that, I'm afraid. Oh, fair enough. I'm going to go for 1-1. I do think with... I, I, we had a couple of chances against Liverpool that Veghorst should have buried, and he has got some criticism for it. I was getting text messages uh, of people who will remain nameless for those watching, uh, saying, oh, he's a fucking donkey, he's shit. I'm like, just relax. You know, he's, he's clearly a good footballer. But you would have expected him, just, just from watching him in the Bundesliga over the past few years, you would have expected him to score them. I would have expected Chris Wood to score them. Never mind Veghorst. Um, so I do think... I, I think he's due a goal now. I think we we are starting to create stuff and I'm hoping he can get a goal but you know, you've been so good this season and like you said you finally are starting to get the goals that you feel you deserve although you could be getting more I feel um, so I do think you'll score against us um, so yeah I'm going 1-1 and you know what I'll, I'll, even though we need wins I'll take a 1-1 I just want to keep it ticking along because it's, it's it's one of them like if if we get beat and, and I've said this so many times I think we are down anyway but if we get beat, I think that is pretty much not the final nail in the coffin, but sort of like out of six nails, that's the fifth. Um, so I think they're going to be up for it. Um, and there's there's players, there's people saying must win. And obviously, I think all games pretty much from now until the end of the season are going to be must win because we're getting caught adrift. So it's you know it's a tough one. We're seven points behind Newcastle, so a point isn't good enough. But because you've done so well this season, uh, I would take one definitely. Cool. Yeah, a lot of uh, teams come up against us and and take us for granted a little bit because the name of our football club is Brighton and Hove. <clears throat> People relate that to a, a small club that's easily beaten. Um, I'm not saying this about yourself because you seem very well educated on how how we play. Um, but I think a, a few Burnley fans are being for a little bit of a shock uh, that we we do play extremely good football. And um, if if your confidence is low, we we're gonna 
absolutely run rings around you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. But it just depends what Brighton turns up because we we are inconsistent at times. Um, as I say, we don't really like a physical challenge. So, uh, Sean Dyche is going to be all over that, I'm sure. Yeah, I can completely respect that because even in the scenes where we were finishing 7th and 10th, people would say, no, we've got Burnley at home, we'll smash them 3-4-0. Uh, so yeah, I can completely respect that and I know how frustrating it can be. Um, but before we go, I just want to give everyone, you know, uh, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can listen to your stuff and watch your content. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm Joe. I'm from uh, a podcast called Albion Obsessed. We talk all things Brighton of Albion. So if you are an Albion fan listening to this and you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do pop over to there. Um, you find us on Twitter. Um, it's all under at Albion Obsessed. Uh, and my personal is uh, Sayers BHAFC. Is that because, uh, I don't know if you even have Sayers down in uh, Brighton, I don't know, but there's the, the, the pasty shop that they say. Is that because you're a big fan of Sayers? <laughs> uh, no, that's my surname. <laughs> that's your surname. I was going to say, I might, I, might, I, might become, I might become Greg's, you know, or, or Oddie's BFC, something like that, uh, if that were the case. Uh, no, yeah. I, I was made aware of um, the Sayers pa- uh, pastry shop listening to the uh, the Jack Make Happy Hour podcast. They recently yeah. had, like, from Liverpool on there. Uh, yeah, it's more of a northern thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I, th- I think pasties in general is more of a northern thing, to be honest. I think so. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's not named after that, I'm afraid. But <laughs> No, it. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't already, please go and subscribe to the Albion Obsessed uh, podcast. If you haven't already and you're watching this as a Burnley fan or any other football fan really and you want to see more Burnley content, please subscribe to this YouTube channel. And then if you want to, go and subscribe to the podcast as well. If you don't want to do any of that, just hit the like button. That really does help the YouTube algorithm and more people will, of course, see our content. But thank you for watching. And we're probably going to do some content either during the game or after the game. I'm not going to commit to it now because you know how, how ridiculous I get and, and forget things and then just things pop up. So, But there'll definitely be some content this weekend on the channel about the game. So thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.